Hey, Cam. Yes, Don. Do you ever think about how crammed your trailer is when you go race? Dude, all the time. Race cars, golf carts, jets, power wheels, and all of his toys, his little dirt bikes, his strider bikes, all that stuff. I'm crammed. But I'm sure everybody in motorsports is feeling the same way. Well, now our audience has someone to call. They need to call Lance at lbtrailers.com. Lance is carrying over 70 motorsports haulers in stock options from top to bottom. We always talk about looking the part in motorsports, traveling up and down the road and at the track. Now you can look the part with LB Trailer Sales. Go to online to lbtrailers.com or stop by Facebook at LB Trailer Sales. You have a friend in the trailer business and make sure to tell them that racers and rental cars sink. Let's put it up for the weekend warriors. It's the Racers and Rental Cars Podcast with your host, Top Fuel Cam, Cameron Foray, and his co-host, Mr. Top Sportsman, Don O'Neill. Keep on till they can't ignore you. Put it up for the weekend warriors. Thank you for downloading today's episode of the Racers and Rental Cars podcast, brought to you in part by MotionRaceworks.com. Stop by Motion Raceworks for all your high-performance needs. If you need to go fast, visit MotionRaceworks.com today. What's up, West Coast Cam? What's going on, sir? Hey, I'm glad to see that you finally made it back. Hey, man, I, I had some things I had to take care of. I apologize, but I'm back in action. I uh, survived the hellacious week of racing, working, adding additional classes to my schedule and yeah, working from 7 a.m. to 11 p.m. four days a week now. So I'm a little, I'm a little tired, but you know, wait a at minute. least I don't work on Fridays so I can go race. Wait a minute. Hold on. You mean they added classes at Cheetos College? <laughs> Not Compton. They, uh, I wasn't going to teach at Compton, uh, this semester just due to my schedule. And then, uh, they begged me to come back. So I'm back at Compton too. So Can we put that on the back of a t-shirt racers and rental cars back in Compton. Dude, they'd love it. They'd love it. So I'm, I'm, you know, now that we're going to, you brought this up. So I'm going to ask. So like the people that attend Compton college, is it community college too? So is it like C C cube, mm-hmm. like C cube Compton community yeah. college? CQ. It is. Okay. Compton so, Community College. Yes, so, sir. So do they wear flat bills? Uh yeah, kinda. <laughs> huh? I'm I'm just I mean, I'm just asking for a friend. I just want to know if you got students that are bebopping up into the auto body class and like, hey, what's up, Professor Bray? And they got a flat bill looking at you. Um, I'm gonna go with there's a wide of, array of uh headgear at that school. Um We'll just leave it at that. So, so Hats, beanies, do-rags, you know, things like that. In Compton. Yeah. They're Isn't all it? super cool, though. Well, yeah. So, all right, oh, wait We're a minute. working on some lowriders. Did you just mean you put down Cheetos College? No, not at all. Oh, okay, I was just checking. Not at all. Just checking. No, they're both, they're both, uh, they're great, both educational institutions that I, that I uh, frequent. So, and they don't I like re- them both equal. <laughs> equally how about that yes can we go with yes. that yeah oh man look i want to apologize too even though you've got like that was like a horrible apology to our audience that you were not here last week uh for like someone that you would like really want to talk to i know they, i'm pissed huh <laughs> yeah i mean I'm, you're mr so super crossed and i got ralph sheehan on the on the show Shaheen, bro. Shaheen, you're, anyway. I'm from North Carolina. He, he yeah, and I, I joked about it. Okay, he he understands. I've got Mister NBC Supercross on the show, and where are you in Arizona trying to drive a race car? Well, actually, you were pit bitching for your wife, but nonetheless. Well, that didn't last very long either. So yeah, I was I did a lot of driving just on the highway, not exactly down the track for either one of us this weekend. But anyway. So do your students give you like a report card when you come back into class? Do they ask you and they'd be like, man, you blew up two engines. Yeah. They're kind of like, dude, WTF. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I got to apologize to you because I had Joe keyed up 
to come over and totally do an interview with you and Angie and the Scott Palmer thing kicked off. And that's what uh, uh, yeah. you got. That you, was cool though. That, that was, was cool. really cool for what they did for Palmer. But yeah. uh, so you're on, you're on the list. So it might, you know, Angie's not coming to Gainesville, but no, but she I told, won't be back till Vegas. Maybe if her motor's fixed. Well, Joe, Joe's going to do the whole hubby and wife thing. Oh, cool. Yeah, but Sweet. I was really doing it. For, I wanted to. Yeah, like, you bring, better. You better start sucking up to her because she's pissed at you, by the way, because she said that you were going to have her on the show. And now we're here and it's like three weeks later and she still has yet to be on it. Look, she can't she was, see she the did, microphone. She did remind me as I was walking out into the garage to tell you that she was pissed at you. But you probably well, already knew. That. I, obviously, I've moved out of the doghouse and just to the fact that your wife's upset with me. So I'm going to add her name to the list of the other two women that live in this house where I'm at that they're mad at me. So, hey, we're good. Right. My garage has hardwood floor, so you can come hang out in here. It's cool. We got cold beer and go-karts and kinds of shit in here yeah i would so. go live in my the, you know the race trailer is only 50 feet away from me in the shop but i mean i go live in it but hell i started doing brakes on it last weekend while you were tearing up angie's angie's motor engine rather and look up underneath my frame on my trailer and i got two uh two frame cracks so my buddy nate dog is out there in the shop and he is welding stuff up so it's kind of one of those things where i probably don't need to be sleeping in it you know it might fall off the jack stands or something that would be my luck. <laughs> that would be. Uh, that would. Well, dude, it's good to have you back on the show. You missed a lot in the world of motorsports last week. Dude, yeah, I have. You yes. have. You I have. You totally have. I, I mean, there's just so much going on, and uh, we'll get caught up on that later in the show. But, dude, I'm pretty stoked. You were stoked and missed out last week. I still enjoyed talking to Ralph. I mean, he's... He's definitely one of those voices in the world of motorsports when you can say that you've worked with Steve Evans. I mean, hello. That's pretty cool. Uh, oh, yeah. And Dave Despain. Again, that's pretty freaking cool. Absolutely. Well, I'm pretty excited about this week's guest. He is over there grinding away like we are, except he's like probably 15 floors above us. We're still in the parking lot trying to get in the building. And he's up in the penthouse. And tonight's guest, is mr jim beaver from the down and dirty network and jim are you there sir yeah i'm here guys uh yeah i don't i don't know about uh being up in the penthouse i don't know i think i'm still down in the basement but uh, we're, we're slowly clawing our way out i don't know sometimes the basement gets flooded while i'm down here too but uh, <laughs> <laughs> no it's, uh, it's gonna be on the show guys yeah thanks for uh joining us yeah, I mean, just by the looks of his microphone, like he's way more legit than we are. Like he definitely didn't get that sucker on Amazon like we did. Uh, this microphone is a funny story. I know uh, it's actually a funny story because I had these headset mics forever. Um, actually, the first mic I ever bought that I started my show with was a literally 1999 um, Walmart USB mic. And <laughs> after the first show, I went, yeah, this isn't going to work. This sounds horrible, you know. And so I slowly upgraded some Yamaha $49 one. Then I got these ones that were like a $200 headset. And about a year and a half ago, I bought this mic. And it was like <laughs> $1,000. And I went, you know, you've made it when you've bought a $1,000 microphone. And uh, I still don't know how to tune the thing, but I can tell you it cost 1000 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's still above my pay grade. I was, I was impressed with myself when I got, a, got, a, got this microphone. So it looks cool anyways. That's awesome. Well, That's I, awesome. I mean, I guess I'm all screwed up because on my end, I don't see you. But I'm going to go with the fact that since your name's probably on the on the checkbook when you spent the thousand bucks on the mic, you didn't really have anybody to argue with, but yourself. Yeah. No, I, I, truth is I probably maxed out the last thousand dollars on my credit card. To buy a mic. <laughs> uh, welcome to racing, right? And that, yep. That's it. Well, Jim, Hey, thanks again for coming on. We've got a diverse audience as we have sprint car guys, world of outlaws, monster trucks, drag racing, circle track, time attack. We've got them all in our audience base across 15 countries. So for those that are out there, this is the first time they're hearing the name Jim Beaver in the Down and Dirty Network. Give us a 30-second elevator pitch. Tell, tell our listeners about you and your company. Oh, man. Uh, you know, been around off-road for years. My dad raced. My grandpa is actually a Hall of Fame boat racer. Uh, I've raced off-road for uh, a couple of decades now. Um, and uh, 
about 10 years ago, it got to the point where I raced trophy truck and there was no money to go racing. (laughs) Uh, and so I I had to think out of the box, started a little online radio show at the time. And it was kind of when podcasting and online radio was first kind of coming out. Nobody was really doing it. And, uh, um, you know, long story short, I'm racing full time now. Actually, I've still got a trophy truck doing mostly UTV racing for Polaris. And, uh, I've got a radio show that's nationally syndicated. I've got some podcasts. I air on Sirius XM. Uh, we've got a full media company now. I'm an agent and manager for a young Red Bull athlete named Mia Chapman. Um, do some TV work, uh, a lot of, uh, you know, hosting work and, um, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. We've, we've got some, I don't know. It's kind of, I don't know if you want to say all gone downhill from, uh, from there, but <laughs> you know, or uphill one of the two, but, uh, sometimes a little bit of both, but, uh, no, we're, 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 uh, kind of have our hands in a lot of different cookie jars. I guess I got an esports team with about 15 guys on the esports team also. So yeah, we're, we're all over the place. Well, shit. After that, I'm, I'm going to go <laughs> my $49 mic and you know, these Amazon headphones just aren't going to cut it with this guy <laughs> at Jim, How many years? Uh, I started my show in my show when the turning point was December, 2011 wow. That's when I aired my first episode of my show. I actually, true story. I never even had a social media account until I think February of 2011. So everything I've built has been since literally 2011. That's awesome. That's cool. Well, you're doing something, right? Yeah, I was getting ready to say, because, I mean, your shows, it, now how many shows do you have? I know what I've seen on the on the charts, but how many shows do you have in your umbrella? So I've got my, I've got the Down and Dirty show that's a national show that, uh, it's also a podcast. Um, that one's on uh, 200 AM FM Network, Sirius XM, and uh, American Forces Network. And then I've got uh, my podcast, uh, the Off-Road Edition, Down and Dirty Off-Road Edition. Then I've got a show that uh, Podcast One uh, um, handles for me called Project Action on Podcast One. And then uh, in addition to that, I, I distribute and or produce about eight to ten different shows for uh, clients. Nice. Very nice. Eight to 10 shows. Hey, hey, folks, I hear Jet. Sorry, we had, we, yeah, we had a guest. He decided he's tall enough to open the door now. So he just came in, in here and grabbed his Strider bike and laughed and ran out. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing yeah. wrong with the. Hey, we are. We try to be a family show. Cam is typically the one that gets us with the the <laughs> explicit code from time to time. But nonetheless, we try to stay. We try to stay family. Nice. Um uh, you can always appreciate that. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know. I I've had that, you know, it's one of those, my daughter's kind of grew up with me being an on-air personality, you know, and I've done interviews where she pops in and says hi, and I'll be on conference calls with like corporate executives and my daughter will be in the car and be on Bluetooth. She'll be like, can I say hi? And I'm like, might as well just say hi. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, it, hey, it, it's life. You know what I mean? It's 24 seven nowadays and, and you just cannot alienate them and, and you got to include them. So. I, you said eight to 10 podcasts. I noticed, uh, I guess, it, and probably last week, uh, you had one of our, you had one of our previous guests that you're now, I guess, hosting her podcast. And that's the, uh, racer, uh, writers, racer writers podcast with Kelly Crandall racer writers podcast with Kelly Crandall. Yeah. Kelly's, uh, she's phenomenal, man. I think, uh, Hey, you what? You want to talk NASCAR? That girl can talk anything. Oh yeah, man. That and pro wrestling, pro wrestling. That girl can talk pro wrestling. Oh, we didn't even get to that. Oh. That's good to know. You no, know, I'm a massive pro wrestling fan, and Kelly Crandall is like my level, maybe even then some. Her and I have actually done some uh, on Project Action. I had some, I had a guest cancel, and I text her and I'm like, Kelly, you want to just come on and let's talk pro wrestling for an hour? And she says, Yeah. So like, we, we, I've done stuff like that with her too. She's massive pro wrestling fan. That's cool. We need to get these guys hooked up with PJ, PJ At- North. This guy, we he does our intro stuff. He's a musician and racer in Nashville, and he is dude. Like, I've never met anybody that's been more into wrestling than than that guy. So you guys would probably have a gay all time together. <laughs> you know what I love about pro wrestling? And I, I've, I've, I, it's the personalities. They all, you know, there's the black hats, there's the white hats. They know when to play heel. They know when to play face. And I'm like, we need more of that in motorsport. Like, seriously, you talk NASCAR, you want to talk a guy like Kyle Bush. You know what? You either love or you hate Kyle Bush. But one thing's for certain, you know, Kyle Bush and mm-hmm. Steve Torrance has become one of my absolute dearest friends. 
And Steve Torrance is the same way. Like you either love Steve or you hate Steve, but you know who Steve is. And we need more of that in motorsport. And they're all taking on wrestling personalities, you know, and I actually did an interview with Kyle Bush here at the beginning of this week. And we sat down for 30 minutes, the nicest guy I've ever talked to. And I was like, you know, he's so not the guy on TV that he is in real life. And Steve Torrance, that guy doesn't have a mean bone in his body. But you ask half the people at NHRA what they think of Steve and they're going to tell you he's like, you know, he's, you know, Satan spawn or something, you know? I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, he, yeah, we're him and I have a mutual respect for each other. We uh, have resolved our differences as a Phoenix and we are cool. So I yeah. will agree with, I will agree with that. Yeah. So. yeah. And it's just one of those. It's just, you know, but it's not just that it's just all across the board. You know, it's, uh, there's, I just think motorsport needs more personalities. Good. Bad. No, I, I, I agree. I mean, it's everybody, you know, and, and poor Steve, I, you know, we actually talked about this over the weekend, um, you know, with what happened with him and I, and you know, the poor guy just gets roasted online and you know, it, we were joking about it. It's like, dude, these people, like they don't get it. You know, like it was a heat of the moment situation, blah, blah, blah. We won't get into that, but we were just talking. It's like, you know, unfortunately these people, they, they don't understand, but at the end of the day, they're talking about drag racing. So, I mean, uh, take it, take it for what it is. You know, I mean, one, one minute, you know, everybody's dying for, for ratings and stuff. And then the next minute, everybody, you know, calls people on what they're doing on, you know, it's like people don't understand what it takes to go racing and, and the, the stress level and, and all the stuff that, that happens, you know, to try to go racing. I mean, whether it's off-road drag racing, or I don't care what it is. Like there's a lot that goes into this stuff and, you know, people, people don't understand. So, I don't but. think in NHRA in general, and especially what you guys do in top fuel, like I've driven a lot of things, rally cars, off-road cars, trophy trucks, things like that. I can stand in the water box. Like I was at Phoenix. I don't care what you compare it to. There is nothing on earth, like a top fuel car leaving the line. It, there's no. just nothing. And I, I don't think people realize like, yeah, I race a trophy truck at 130 miles an hour. Yeah. If I go end over end, there's a chance I die. I'm sorry, a top fuel car at 330 miles an hour, it eclipses anything on the planet, you know, <laughs> other than maybe doing some stuff out of Bonneville on the salt flats, you know, where yeah. you're trying to break the sound barrier or something crazy, you know, but like you guys, and I, I think just that, you know, the, the way you guys, what you guys go through, it's just the emotions. I can't imagine what you're going through in a car. It's cool. Well, yeah. I mean, look at, look at when we get interviewed at the finish line. I mean, everybody's like, Oh, you guys, you guys aren't athletes, blah, blah, blah. It's like, do you know how much force it takes out of your body? And like, we're, while we're out of breath, we just went from zero to 300 miles an hour in three seconds. Like, do you know what that does to your body? Like, Holy crap. Like I had a situation this weekend where, uh, we had a safety problem. Like the, we have a bunch of safety stuff on the car that's controlled by compressed air and it it killed the ignition and then turned it off or turned it off and then turned it right back on to where it made it look like i pedaled the car like right when i stepped on the gas uh, at the starting line and it was so violent it jumped the, it, the whole car like bunny hopped off the ground like it literally physically all fours were off the ground and i i was sore for two days after i mean it the force and the strain that goes through your body and like i was watching the slow-mo video i was like holy crap my head is like a freaking pinball in there like with all the you know head support pads and all that stuff like and that and i wasn't even going anywhere like i probably went eight feet you know what i mean like it's it's crazy so i uh, like imagine the adrenaline dump after you know after you go through a, a round or something it's like crazy there ain't nothing like it i'll tell you that yeah well they just people want us to put on a show if they want a show we're the show we're the entertainment those guys are entertainers. Everybody getting in a race car is an entertainer. We're, we're out here racing. We're being competitive. Nobody woke up this morning to lose. And they've invested a lot of money, whether it's personal or sponsors or both or whatever the case may be. And you're going to, you got to have, you know, you got to be a little off. I'm sorry. We all, once we put a helmet on to go do whatever it is, you got to be a little off and competitive stuff happens and the big thing about it is it's kind of like being in the military crap happens but own whatever it is that happened own it exactly. once you own it dude we're, we're good we're moving on just own it that's right yep absolutely we all got to screw loose somewhere you know yeah, yeah it makes no, <laughs> makes no dude, you sense off-road guys like i i grew up in socal like i mean off-road is pretty much everywhere i turn and uh 
yeah. So, I mean, I got a bunch of friends that do it and stuff. So, I mean, I can appreciate what you, what you go through. And I mean, I've never, I mean, I raced motocross and stuff when I was a kid and rode a lot of BMX and moto and whatnot, but I never really did the off-road thing. I kind of wish they had like the trophy cart stuff when I was a kid, because oh, I probably would have, <laughs> what's that? Me too. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. I probably would have been super into that and probably maybe wouldn't have even ended up in, in junior dragsters. But, um, yeah, I, you know, like all the, cause I grew up with like, you know, Camberg's down the street, like all these, you know, all the top uh, stuff is, you know, I live in Huntington. So Millen, Millen, he's got his stuff there too. Yep, right? Yep, yeah. He's Millen. He's just right up the street and he was actually down the street from my old shop. And, uh, yeah, the, the herbs, you know, they're all over here. And, um, so, and then all their kids or whatever, you know, they all, they're all related somehow or whatever. But, um, so yeah, I mean, it's, I, I can't say that I've, I can relate to what you guys do in the desert, but I definitely have an appreciation for it because going 130 miles an hour and a set of whoops and you know, the suspension is just going ballistic and you're just like sitting there just like cruising. And then all of a sudden you get, you get like the buck and it just, you're going end over end. Like that's crazy. I had a, um, I have a really good friend who had a pretty bad crash. Do you know the Wilsons at all? Yeah. Wilson Motorsports. Yeah. So he drove with the Wilsons. He was the co-pilot um, for a long time. They had a real bad, I think it was, was it Vegas to Reno? No, maybe it was in Parker. Was, um, but yeah, he had a real bad crash and the dude, they like cartwheeled like 14 times or whatever. And I mean, they both walked away, but yeah, I'm just like, holy crap. How do you, how do you survive that? You know? And then he says, dude, you're freaking nuts. You go 300 miles an hour. So it's, it's all, it's all relative. We're all nuts. Yeah. Everybody, everybody's got a screw loose. So let's talk about screws being loose. Jim, <laughs> tell us about iRacing and esports. And I, I, I guess I, my interest in it, it, I always read the articles in sports business journal when they were talking about iRacing and, you know, you hear all the NASCAR drivers talk about it and so forth, but saw that it was coming, but never really knew exactly how significant financially rewarding it could be until the PRI show hearing you guys talk about it. So let's talk about iRacing and esports. Give us some. This interests me. This yes, interests me. Absolutely. Lincoln just got one. He posted it and all these people. I'm like, dude, if I can. I, I make a living somehow doing this stuff. I'm, I, I'm here to listen. I, I'm telling you, my wife, I told her, she, I told my owners at dinner, I'm like, hey, the next thing we're getting into is iRacing. I'm going to start looking for a simulator. And, and But they're like, what? And I'm like, oh, it's coming. And you're absolutely right. So so give us give us an education, Jim. Well, I'm still getting educated on it. It's the truth. And I think I probably said the same thing at PRI. Um, but yeah, I kind of, uh, last year I think was a big, big year for, uh, for iRacing and sim racing in general. Um, there's iRacing and then Europe's got some, some of their own kind of platforms. iRacing is kind of the big juggernaut, but there is some spinoffs and things like that. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of got immersed in it. I've, I've been, you know, I've played video games my whole life and, you know, I can't say that I'm some active gamer now and, you know, last time I tried playing Call of Duty was five or six years ago, and there was some twelve-year-old kid cussing at me and yeah. killed me every single Kicking time. Kicking your ass, yeah, dude. It was like to the point where I'm like, this is not fun because every time I'd spawn, I was dead. You know, it was like <laughs> I spawned dead. And I'm like, what? This is, you know, so, <laughs> you know, but you know, so esports has been around for a while, um, but I think the the racing side of things really in the past few years, iRacing has built this community and it's massive. And, you know, they've got world championships, things like that. But I think, you know, NASCAR came on board with iRacing a couple uh, a couple of years ago and they put together a true NASCAR world championship, the NASCAR kind of sanctions. And so iRacing kind of came to me. They wanted to do a podcast. And so they kind of hired me to to kind of distribute it and help them, you know, get it off the ground. And, uh, you know, and part of that was is they were like, you know, we negotiated. They're like, you know, well, we have a franchise open and you know, in our, our elite level. And so I was like, yeah, that sounds cool. I didn't know what I was in, getting into. And then all of a sudden first email comes through and Dale jr's on it. And I'm like, <laughs> Oh, this is like a thing. You know, here's Joe Gibbs <laughs> racing and Dale jr. And these other people. And I'm like, Oh, this is actually big. And so the first race rolls around and I just kind of threw some of my sponsors on, on one of the cars that was my real world sponsors. And all of a sudden, you know, 150,000 people are watching and like, I'm starting to get pinged on Twitter and like things I'm like, wow, this is massive. So immediately I go, all right, 
we're, you know, and I've got kids signing my thing and I was like, we need to approach this like we would a real race team, you know? So we started putting out press releases. We started doing videos, social media. Wow. Um, and so, you know, I've got these two kids, Michael and Eric, who I re-signed this year. Um, and you have to sign them to real world contracts, like it, money exchanges hands, like it's a real deal. Um, they drive for me, represent sponsors, make appearances, things like that. And so, uh, um, I started packaging it like, just like I would my off-road programs and it's worked really well. Uh, we just had big green egg, the, uh, you know, the grill company come on board with us, uh, to sponsor one of the NASCARs, uh, this year we're doing some bunch of planned activations around it and things like that. They've got, they've called the virtual tailgate going on, uh, <laughs> like they do for uh, like a real NASCAR race where people are tweeting what they're cooking, getting ready to watch the e NASCAR races with iRacing. And, uh, you know, so like this is all going on though, like through the the summer and I go, you know, I, I immediately, my sponsors are getting value. Everybody's getting value. And I go, how can we, uh, how can we make this better? So Chris, who works for me, he used to be the media director for Red Bull Global Rallycross. Now he's my media director. Um, when they folded up, I hired him instantly. And, uh, he, you know, and he goes, well, he's like, you know, they've got the rally cross world championship. They've got sprint car world championships, all these other world championships. And I'm like, well, how do I get drivers in there? And he goes, well, he's like, you know, everybody's independent and stuff like that. Well, we found a team and, uh, they had, you know, like four drivers in different world championships, like 12 guys on their roster. And, uh, it was all about data collection, just like real racing. You know, you need more guys because they collect data and set up stuff like that. So I went to him and I, you know, and one of the guys I'd kind of known and he, you know, he wanted me to sponsor his car. And I said, well, I said, let's pause the brakes here. And I said, what if I just bought the entire team? He goes, what do you mean? I said, I'll buy the entire team. We'll rebrand it. And I said, I'll hire you, sign you all the contracts with performance bonuses. And they were like, really? And so I bought the team um, I inherited all these drivers who have all been phenomenal. They have their own community built where they share data setups, stuff like that. And, uh, you know, so fast forward and now we've got people like knocking on the door, wanting to be a part of this team. And I'm just like, you know, it's, we've actually got to the point, you know, where we can kind of be a little bit selective and, um, it's been kind of, been kind of wild, but, uh, I mean, it, it's a real deal. Like even the rally cross races last year, I think they were averaging 35,000, uh, viewers, uh, viewers, a race I, are, NASCAR race just had 240,000 viewers to our uh, e-NASCAR race. What? Kona. And I'm like, you start talking 240,000 people watch this video game race. I'm like, I don't know what NHRA and uh, IndyCar and tradition, you know, and I guarantee you map TV there it's crickets over there, what they're airing on their programming. But like, uh, that's some legit numbers we're driving when you got 240,000 people tuning in, you know, and those yeah. are trackable numbers online. I was one know, of them. Yeah, I'm. I have to look into this now because I'm Dude. shocked. Like I, I knew it was like a thing, but, um, I mean, hell, if they're getting paid to play yeah. Call of Duty or Warcraft or whatever, hundred grand this year. Yeah, I've never been a a <laughs> gamer type. Yeah, so that that's wild. Like I, the only I stopped at Tony Hawk Pro Skater at PlayStation. Like that, like that was it. <laughs> yeah. So like I, none of this. I mean, I've never even owned an Xbox. No idea how to play it. But so is it done on the computer? I mean, yeah, this is all PC based. Please, please, please. Uh, <laughs> yeah, start I laughing, Jim. Start laughing. This yeah, this isn't like, questions, but yeah, this isn't, uh, what was that old, uh, the old game, uh, on PlayStation where you crashed all the cars into each other. Um, I can't think of twisted metal. Yeah. This isn't oh, this. yeah. 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 <laughs> no, this is actual sim racing. Pac-Man. So, uh, yeah, they, they go and scan all the tracks, things like that. So it's literally some of these drivers actually cross over, um, you know, and have actually tried real world racing and it actually goes hand in hand. Like you can't be, uh, you can't be a good sim racer if you're not probably good behind the wheel of a real world car and vice versa. Like it's hand in hand. So, um, how much does one of these simulators cost? Um, you can get in one for, I would say probably as little as 2,500 bucks up to, you know, guys I know are running $50,000 rigs. Um, so the one, the one that Langdon got is a little more than 2,500 bucks. Really? But it's a little less than fifty. Yeah, you. I, I've seen some really nice ones come up for sale for six, seven grand, and that includes a computer. And I mean, really nice stuff, you know. But you can get into the ones that actually move and all that. Like you, you know, it's how deep down the rabbit hole do you want to go? Right. Uh, just like real racing, you know, how deep down the rabbit hole do you want to go? Um, but you, See, you know, if you have I'm blown grand, away, if you have three grand set aside, you could have a very nice rig that you could actually run at a world championship level.
Thank you for downloading today's episode of the Racers and Rental Cars podcast, brought to you in part by MotionRaceworks.com. Stop by Motion Raceworks for all your high-performance needs. If you need to go fast, visit MotionRaceworks.com today. Hey, Cam. Yes, Don. Do you ever think about how crammed your trailer is when you go race? Dude, all the time. Race cars, golf carts, jets, power wheels, and all of his toys, his little dirt bikes, his strider bikes, all that stuff. I'm crammed. But I'm sure everybody in motorsports is feeling the same way. Well, now our audience has someone to call. They need to call Lance at lbtrailers.com. Lance is carrying over 70 motorsports haulers in stock options from top to bottom. We always talk about looking the part in motorsports, traveling up and down the road and at the track. Now you can look the part with LB Trailer Sales. Go to online to lbtrailers.com or stop by Facebook at LB Trailer Sales. You have a friend in the trailer business and make sure to tell them that Racers and Rental Cars sent you. So I was one of the 240 watching the Daytona race. I, I, I made sure that I caught, I probably watched it for 30, 45 minutes. I wanted Did to they stream see. it on YouTube or something or uh, uh, YouTube, Twitch, Facebook. Um, yeah, Facebook. Second half of the season actually airs live on NBC Sports. Oh my God. Dude, so, there were some big companies and that, I mean, they got real announcers. I, they were showing the live, I mean, cameras live. It's just meeting. called NASCAR iRacing. Is no, it's that, called eNASCAR. eNASCAR. Sorry for being so ignorant on this. I, I'm I'm super intrigued now. And I don't race. I because I, I know it's like me and remote control cars. I don't own remote control cars. Those are rabbit holes that I know oh, dude. quick. And I won't do it because it, it dude, yeah, me all of a sudden I'd be five grand into an RC car. Yeah, I, I was sucked I'd, in and then they opened up a new damn track. Literally I could spit and hit it from my house. So then my buddy got so into it and he's like, Oh yeah, man, you guys got like nine cars now. It goes like four days a week. I'm like, God damn it. Like, I don't want to do this. I don't get involved. <laughs> it's not because I don't want to, it's because I'm smart enough not to. Yeah. A hundred percent. I agree. Totally. totally. Yeah, but like, no, nothing. That's kind of me and sim racing. I'm like, I've got a real world race program. I've got these kids. I can race vicariously through watching them. And I say kids, they're adults, but you know what I mean? I'm, I'm just like, no, like I, I'm like, I, it's not time for me to jump into that. You know, <laughs> uh, I am intrigued by the fact that of just the whole virtual, uh, programming as far as the benefits package and, and what the deliverables are that, you know, that you can go and give a company e-base, like you said, you know, the, as far as the real numbers of interaction and engagement and, and so forth online, that just blows my mind away. I am totally intrigued about it. When I saw the big green egg, because the owners that I drive for own an RV dealership, we sell big green eggs on a regular basis. And when I saw that, I was like, man, that's awesome. And now you're talking about the virtual tailgating and so forth. So those types of services or opportunities, how, how creative, I mean, obviously in the real world, we're having to be creative with our marketing programs to, to get these kind of impressions or numbers and, and be able to drive the value, the ROI or the ROO to get companies to, to spend money. How creative are you and your team having to be at the infancy, I guess, for this, for the esports, uh, to be able to intrigue companies to come in? Uh, well, I, you know, I know with me, like I've been able to package it with my real world program. So like any time a company gets involved with me, like I've got radio, I've got podcasts, I've got a staff writer full time on my website that does motorsports content. You know, I've got my race programs. We've got videos. We've got, e uh, you know, an email distribution list. You know what I mean? And we do PR. We, you know, and then I've got eNASCAR. So to me, like I, I offer a mix to everybody. You know, you don't just get one thing. You get everything if you're involved with me. And so that, so like my, like Polaris this year, they really wanted involved and they see that as a good fit. So we packaged my, my contract and it included, you know what I mean? Branding and eNASCAR and stuff like that. So traditionally I've been able to, you know, make it a part of the mix, but like with big green egg, for instance, I've known the marketing director there for years. Um, he's a good friend of mine. They strictly wanted involved in eNASCAR because they thought it fit their demographic very, very well. And they looked at the numbers, they looked at everything, and you know, and they already have a, a real world presence with. Uh, they do some stuff with Chase Elliott, um, you know, and and things like that. So you know, they've got a big promotion going with Ace Hardware because Ace, re, you know, sells the eggs through Ace. 
Um, so it was one of them. They looked at it and they looked at the demographics. They looked at the numbers. They looked at what they're doing with Chase. And they go, this fits our, you know, what we're doing. So that was actually the first, uh, I, I had a little bit of support from GoPro Motorplex last year, but it wasn't like this level. This was the actual first real partnership I put together strictly for eNASCAR. And they, they didn't want involvement with anything else. They just strictly wanted eNASCAR. So it's got to that point where, you know, I mean, Coca-Cola came on board as a title sponsor of the series. Coca-Cola, that's as big as it gets. And they're the title sponsor of eNASCAR this year. You know, it's like, you know, so it's got to the point where it can stand on its own two feet. And I think that's kind of an exciting place to be, you know? Dude. I I'm I don't even know what to say. Jim, the prof- the professor's over there. He's got smoke rolling out of his ears. <laughs> I'm right stumped. Now. Like I'm literally like on my phone right now, <laughs> like googling e NASCAR. Dude, you Cam, you have no idea how many people in our racing circle are into this. Rebellus really? is huge. Rebellus is huge on it. He he posted I, like I, I did know that he I, posted he four times today that he was racing. Got wrecked three on the last lap. <laughs> I mean, he's huge. Like, okay. Into- can you just do it whenever? Like if I, like, is it like Xbox where you just, there's people always racing? Yeah. There's always people racing, but like to, at the NASCAR level, like they've got, they call it, well, and it's this way for everything. I just use NASCAR cause that's kind of their premier deal. There's yeah. a Porsche series, which is their road racing series, the world championship, their sprint cars off roads come into play. Now there, there's not a world championship for that, but so you can go in and just practice anytime you want. Um, there's league racing, things like that, where you can get in leagues and guys race to get to the world championship level. It would be just like top fuel. You got to put in the work. They don't allow you there. Um, you've got to go in at the bottom and you've got to win a certain amount of races, show speed in the, you know, and then they like in NASCAR, it's called road to pro and you literally have to step up. You know what I mean? And it's not one of those where if you wanted to start today, you know, a year and a half from now, maybe you'd qualify in for the the top level if you were really, really good. But it's there's an actual pathway to it. You you just can't go. <laughs> That's crazy. But there's leagues racing all the time, things like that. I mean, you can probably, you know, there's guys that do pick up and play races with their buddies all the time, you know, and things like that. Practice races stuff. So I know like hmm. my guy on the NASCAR front, I mean, some of these teams, you know, and there's a group of guys dialing in setups. They'll spend 140, 150 hours in the sim to fine tune their, to fine tune their setup, to go and race one of these, uh, one of these, you know, televised races. So, Oh my God. Is that crazy? On a line though. I mean, that that's, you know, that's a salary, you know what I mean? That's a year's pay, you know, that's, that's big money. So yeah, they invest. It's become their occupation. Mitchell DeYoung, he spoke at the, at the deal at PRI. I mean, he, that's all he does is sim racing now. And, you know, he's one of the few drivers I've ever seen with a Red Bull sponsorship that bows out of real car racing to go quote unquote video game racing and Red Bull stayed on board with him. Like how many people, most Red Bull, most companies be like, no, nah, give us that hat back, you know, Red yeah. Bull on board with him, you know, and that kid, he full-time sim racer. He was in that world's fastest gamer. They competed for a million dollars. Dude. So, wow. can you, so Alex Bowman is a product of the sim deal. You okay. know, or he's esports, however you want to say it, whatever category. I mean, like I, the best, I think, it might've been Kelly Crandall that even like wrote that in her article about him is that like, he literally went to a racetrack and got in a car and had never, never re- drove a race car before and got in an NASCAR car. And I think William Byron's another guy that's kind of gone back and forth and stuff yep. like that. The yep. product of him racing. There's it's quite a few now. It's kind of crazy. I know the kid that, uh, he raced for Roush Fenway's, uh, eNASCAR team and he won the championship last year. And, uh, I think they put him behind the wheel of one just to see how he did. And, um, no, it's, it wasn't, it wasn't a NASCAR. It was like a late model of some sort, something like that, you know, but it was still legit race car. Yeah. I mean, no. that's the part that I think uh, like my wheels are like spinning right now, but I, that's the part I think is pretty cool that you can take these kids and not like, so how realistic it really is that you can take these kids and just, or whoever, and put them in a, a legit race car and they do decent. Like that's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, it's like, I know the IndyCar guys and NASCAR guys are, they're, they're all spending time with I racing and in the Sims, you know, it's like, that's what they do in the off season and stuff. Like that. They just burn laps, things like that, you know, and you can go and try things in a Sim that, you know, there's no real consequences, you know? So it's like, right. you, I mean, lightning McQueen did it too. So, <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> whatever. Well, Hey, Chevrolet is <laughs> investing a lot of money. They're building that brand new complex in Mooresville and they say yeah. it's supposed to have a state of the art Sim in it for their drivers. Mm-hmm. So. 
Yeah, I've heard like the Formula One sims and stuff. You start getting up into the millions and millions of dollars, you know, but it's, I don't know. It's, I can't even comprehend that kind of money. So nice. You're right. you're ready to, it, you ready to get on Facebook Marketplace and get a simulator? Yeah, I'm, dude, I'm freaking I'm, I'm just, te- just text Langdon. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, NASCAR <laughs> Heat 4. There you go. <laughs> Yeah. Well, hey Jim, let's let's transition a little bit uh, out of that. Let's since you brought up uh, William for for PRI, let's let's take the approach and let's start talking about some branding and what social skills, what image, what exposure, what are the companies of today looking for in their race car drivers? Well, I think. You know, it, it, to an extent, I mean, winning is still a very big deal, you know, um, you, even, especially at the NASCAR, IndyCar level, things like that. You know, um, you, I think if you're if you're a race car driver that can win, you know, you're in that small percentage that will always have a always have a ride. Um, but I think, you know, by and large, I mean, you, you know, they're looking for for so much more than that. And tell me when when was the last time Ken Blocker won anything? Ken's a good friend of mine. Ken hadn't won anything in years, but Ken's always got sponsors. Pastrana, he's another guy. You know, when was the last time TP won anything? Never. Uh, <laughs> you know, he, he's a badass. One of my, he's a dear friend of mine. <laughs> this is the last time he won. Never. <laughs> when was the last time he broke a bone? Yesterday. Yeah, you know, no, but and I mean that in the best possible way. But you oh, yeah, yeah. Now, but, you know, and I, you know, I just look at other motorsports. I mean, you know, Antron Brown, Leah, you know, Leah Pruitt, they, they kill it with, uh, with the way they approach things, you know, with, you know, branding and, you know, you look at, uh, Leah, she's all over the place doing Hoonigan stuff and, and things like that. And, you know, she's out doing UTV stuff and wake surfing and producing content. She's out there. She's getting out of the box. Andron went and did top gear, you know, and things like that, you know, and he, he's a great, uh, you know, he's, he's always looking to expand and, you know, and, and do other things. And I think it's just, you know, whether you've got a YouTube channel or a podcast, things like that. I mean, it's just, how can you, it's like, you know what you guys are doing, you drag racers who are, you know, got a podcast, you know, there's a lot of value in that, you know, it's anytime you can control the media, that's, that's a big thing. And I think it's, you know, I, I, I hate, I don't want this to sound bad, but it's all about controlling the numbers, not controlling the numbers, at least having access to the numbers, you know? And I think, you know, anybody that's not doing that, you know, it's, it's really, really tough. I mean, there's very, very few people out there that have zero social media. They just go to the racetrack and kill it. You know, um, there's very few people out there that are doing that nowadays, you know, and there's so much more. So I think companies, at least I know from my standpoint, um, I go into a room and yeah, they look at the race race. Oh, there's going to be X amount of fans at this X amount of fans here. We might get a little exposure on TV, but they really don't care about that. They want to know about all this other stuff. You know, what kind of numbers can you bring us? How, how big's your email distribution list? You know, if we want to drop a press release through that, how many, how many people are going to see that? You know, it's like, you know, if we, we want to, you know, if we, you know, spend a little money and have a video, you know, how many people are going to see it through your social channels? It's, I think it's more of that and the content, the uniqueness of things. So I, I think that's what, they're they're looking at more than race results and those still matter you know if you win a championship or win you know five races in a season or something that's a big deal but there's just a bigger picture i think that they're looking for now okay so let's just rip back one more layer then so we start we we've talked on the show numerous times with different people and we obviously have our own personal and professional views on it when you talk about numbers social media wise what is it a huge so are you looking at it i'm a 25 year old female and i got a hundred thousand people that are uh following me and i take gym photos on a regular basis and i've got great great follows and likes when that happens but when i'm over here talking about what the latest car care product is my engagement factor goes down uh is it is that a problem? Do, do, are these companies looking at the trends where a 40 year old guy is drinking a 12 pack and grilling a steak on a big, big green egg. And he's got huge numbers that people are buying big green eggs and bush light beer, uh, and probably going to eat a steak or kill a cow. Uh, but if they show him with a, a shovel in his hand, Monday through Friday, 
his numbers probably go down. Are, are, are the people in the boardrooms looking at that specifically and evaluating it adequately? I think more and more, uh, I think more and more they are. It used to be what, what's the total number they wanted to know how many followers do you have. And that was a big thing. And that's when people were buying followers and, you know, you'd see these crazy inflated numbers with zero engagement. It was all about that magical number. Right. And, uh, there's still ways I get hit up all the time. There was one, uh, most recently, you know, th there's all these Instagram things to get following. You can buy followers, which is crap. Everybody knows who buys followers. There's no point in doing that, but, uh, there's way to, ways to buy real followers too. Like, um, Thor, he's the guy that, uh, he was the, the mountain in game of Thrones, right? Um, he's, uh, he's got a massive following, like 2 million fans. And they, I got hit up to do, be in a promotion with him and there, you know, you pay 1500 bucks and then he gives you shout outs and they give away five grand and it, you know, and all these people have to go and follow you. So it's like basically 1500 bucks. You're going to get, I think it was 10 to 12,000 real followers. Um, so I would have had all these, you know, 12,000 real people follow me for 1500 bucks, but are they ever actually going to engage with any of my stuff? No, they're not following me for that. They're following me because they wanted to get the five grand. Um, you know, and so there's ways to even get real followers. So to me, it's like these overinflated numbers. And like you were talking about these girls, it's like, I represent, uh, Mia Chapman. She's a 17 year old Red Bull athlete, off-road racer. I'm her agent or manager. And uh, we've had this, she's got about 6,000 Instagram followers, right? She throws up a post and it's a legit racing post and she gets seven, 800 people like it. And I told her, I'm like, you know, you see these 23 old girls who have their poster bikini pictures and they've got all these guys that are following them just for those. And I told her, I said, I would take your 6,000 people who are following you just for racing over one of these girls that has 25,000 followers that are following them for, you know what I mean? For all the wrong reasons, you know? And so I think there's so much value in, you know, in growing your stuff authentically and organically. Um, and you know, it just because, you know, it's like people, you know, you can throw up these viral videos, somebody crashing in something and, you know, all of a sudden you'll get 25,000 views to it, you know, and it's just like, you can inflate your numbers, but to me, those aren't real numbers. They're not people following you for the right reasons or anything like that, you know? And so I think it, it used to be, it was about the big number. Now I think companies more and more looking at engagement and realizing, Hey, there might be somebody that only has 10,000 followers, but they're real followers that actually it's 10,000 people that care about what they're doing. And to me, there's so much more value in having 10,000 people that, that care than 50,000 who don't. That's a good theory. I like that. Don's like smirking. He's like, yep. Uh -huh. I, I could not agree more. I just, just the whole aspect of that. I, I had a conversation with a company and they brought up numbers and, and, actually tried to do a comparison for two racers and i was sitting there going no that's no how can that's apples and pineapples that's no doesn't doesn't work that way so it's uh it, it's good to hear so that's like another tick mark on the board for the racers and rental cars thought process program not that we're gonna like trademark it or anything but maybe one day uh huh. jim you, you brought up mia uh, and Red Bull. I want let's <laughs> let's jump over one. Let's talk about Haley Deegan. Cause I know you've had the Deegan family on your shows across your network. She is like lighting up the scoreboard when it's coming to social media value right now. I think I think it won't be much longer. Maybe give her maybe give her till the end of 2020. And I'm pretty sure she's gonna be really close for social media value with uh with mr earnhardt with dale jr i mean she is screaming up the billboard on it what's your take out there being the fact that she's from the west coast and she's been kind of came through the same ranks that you've run in circle wise is is she like the real deal or is this uh is this going to be a flash in the pan well, you know, I, the family, I've known Brian for years and he's a good friend of mine. And by default, I've, you know, I know Haley. Um, I can't say, you know, she's a friend of mine or anything. I've had her on the show and I know her personally, but 
you know, Brian, he gets it. You know, he was the guy who, uh, you know, wore the crazy shoulder pads of the spikes to X games. And he's won a supercross race and launched his ghost road, his bike over the finish line and got fined. (laughs) Yeah, no, he's a marketer. I mean, he gets it right. Yeah. He's been super successful. He's got, and he's got a great business mind. He's got so many companies. Half people don't even realize, um, you know, you, he's always licensed his name. I mean, Mickey Thompson tires, Gibson exhaust, like he's got, he's got all these products with his name on him. So, I mean, he's the guy is a genius, you know, and, and he can pass that along to his daughter and they've built this ecosystem of his kids with followings, him with followings, um, where, you know, they can give each other shout outs and build their social followings. And so he's been very smart, but you know, at the end of the day, that only goes so far and you got to have talent. And I think Haley's always been that asterisk. She killed it in off road. I can tell you the turning point with Haley and I, where I went, this girl is the real deal. Uh, I was at Heydays in Crandon, um, and we were doing a spec UTV race for Terracross. And it's a series where it's a drive and drive stock UTVs. And uh, we've got some of the best UTV drivers in the world there. And uh, I'm not considering me one of those. I mean, legit people that are amazing. Um, This girl had never been in a Polaris Razor before. She hits the track. She threw down a time that was a half a second quicker than anybody else in her first lap. And everybody looks and went, what just happened? And I'm looking like we've got world champions here. And this girl smoked him in her first time behind the wheel and uh, beat Brian, you know, on an, in an off-road race by a second in her qualifying run. And I was just like, right then I went, this girl's got real talent. And, um, you know, and I, I think the equal, and to me, you know, she's gone up the NASCAR ranks. You can always have better equipment than everybody else and kind of cheat your way. You start getting to the ARCA level though, like where she did at Daytona, there's no cheating when you start getting to that level. Like the real talent shines and what she did at Daytona first time at Daytona to finish second. Like to me, if there was ever any doubters that all went out the window right there at Daytona in that ARCA race when she finished second, you know, and, uh, She's a good kid. She's super nice. She's smart. Um, Her social following has been grown because, you know, she's not putting anything crazy out there. It's just racing content, her being Haley. And uh, like she's grown the social following. But I think she's the real deal. And everybody want to know who's the next Danica Patrick. Who's this? I don't know that we've ever actually had a female driver that was dominant. That was just like just. I don't know. We might be looking at the very first Haley Deegan. I don't think she's the next Danica Patrick. You know, I, I really truly think, and this isn't just because I know the family, like the girl's a real deal. I think, you know, it's, it's going to be insane to watch the next five years. Yeah. Cause NASCAR, I mean, Danica crossed over and that had a lot to do with branding and, and value uh, image wise. But I mean, I'm trying to, who we have, we have uh, Aaron Crockett. She made a run. And then uh, Shauna Robinson. And there's some girls, Natalie Decker's there in the truck series and she's doing all right. But, you know, I, I don't know if they've, and this isn't knocking their talent at all, um, at all. I just don't, I don't know. Haley's just that next level talent. She's the right age. She just turned 18. I mean, she's just, everything is right about the situation. Got major backing with monster and Ford. Like she's got, everything is there for her to, to for just taking, yeah. You know, it's just, uh, I don't know, you know, it's just, and you know, we'll just see, we'll just kind of wait and see what happens, you know, but I think it's all there. Okay. So give us, give us Jim Beaver's motorsports, two do's, two don'ts for a driver that's coming into your fold, social media wise. Um, be authentic. Uh, you know, I think social media wise, definitely be authentic, you know, one post regularly, I, you know, you see these kids that are posting once a week, once every 10 days. Like I can't say that I always enjoy posting to social media, but I try and keep it pretty regular. I mean, there's gaps where I go on vacation or something. I'm just like, you know what? I'm shutting this thing off for a week. I think you all have to do that, but by and large, like be active, you know what I mean? Invest in your social media buy photos. You know what I mean? You know, it's, I hate people posting stuff with a watermark, something like that. Photographers work their butt off, spend a little bit of money and, uh, you know, and, and buy proper content. Um, so I think that's one, but two, when you do just be authentic, you know, post regularly, have good content. You can buy some of it, you know, it's not expensive and, you know, just, you know, like you said, don't, you know, you don't have to throw up gym pictures of yourself, you know, with your shirt off or have naked or whatever you do or what, like just, I don't know. Nobody wants to see any more gym pictures. I'm sorry. Like, you know, just (laughs) make it it about racing, you know, and I'm not, I do my best to not step foot into a gym. So yeah, yeah, I agree. 
you know, and if you go surfing or something, I mean, that's part of you. Like, yeah, absolutely. Post stuff like that up. You know what I mean? But I think people like they, they cater their content to what they think people want to see. And I think it actually turns people off. You know, they'd rather see the real person. Yes, I would agree. All right. Well, we have kept you for quite a while. I want to wrap up with two things. Tell us a little about about the Mint 400 as we're going out the door here. Uh, Mint 400 uh, next week, uh, Las Vegas. Uh, I will be racing on Friday. They just shifted the date of our race uh, one day forward. I'll be racing on Friday. Um, they've got an, a phenomenal live stream. It'll be the mint400.com. Uh, if you're in the Vegas area, go. It's Mint's like one of those crazy races everybody's got to go to at least once in their life. Yeah, I've been a couple times. It's pretty cool. Yeah. They, like do the whole uh, Fremont Street deal. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. It's, yeah, it's one of those, like, everybody needs to go at least once, I think. Um, so if you're in the area in the Southwest, definitely go out. Uh, but if you're not, yeah, tune into live stream. I know qualifying live streams Thursday for the trophy trucks. And then Friday is a big UTV race. That's live stream. Then Saturday is a trophy truck race. I will be hosting uh, the trophy truck live stream on Saturday. Um, obviously, I can't do any of the others because I'll be, you know, behind the wheel of the car. But, uh, yeah, I will be on live stream on Saturday. But themint400.com is uh, where it's at. Well, Jim... We've got a, a little bit of a history here on the show that we put our guests through. Um, and you can feel free to carry this over to any of your shows. I'm sure if you do it with Kelly, she's going to be like, oh, my God, I know where you got this from. So you get to send a Christmas card to one person in motorsports. Who is it? A Christmas card to one person in motorsports. Oh, man, that's... Uh... That's going to be a tough one. Um, and who are we going to, I, you know what? I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with Mario Andretti only because that guy, he, he's a one. He's amazing. If you've ever been to Indianapolis motor speedway and seen Mario Andretti, I feel bad for everybody else in IndyCar. Cause that guy still, he walks through gasoline alley. You want to talk about draw a crowd? Literally you can have Alex Rossi, James Hinchcliffe. You can have Fernando Alonso standing there and they can have crowd of people around. Literally, people will drop what they're doing and flock to Mario Andretti. It's crazy. It doesn't matter who you are. If you're at, if you're at Indy, like everybody drops everything and they flock to Mario Andretti. So yeah, I'm gonna have to roll with him. You've never seen anything until you've seen him walk through gasoline out. <laughs> that's, that's cool. A, that's the first time we've had Mario's name come up on the show. Yeah, put that yeah, down. A, All right. The, yeah. So, so I, I'll roll with him. Okay. All right. So this is this is always out. You tried to make that one tough. This one's going to be even tougher for you. You uh, get to send one WTF card to somebody in motorsports. Who is it? One WTF card to anybody in motorsports. Oh, this one is. We're all about that authentic original being real. <laughs> I, I don't even know because it, it, it all depends. Like it depends after any of my races. <laughs> always somebody that pisses me off is going to change race to race. This is probably a question for after the MIT 400. You know, <laughs> I drive over the top of me last year. That would have been a WTF card. You know, it's like every single race, there's one of those moments where you're just livid at somebody. I think it goes back to our original conversations. You know, as long as you can all shake hands and, you know, some at some point somebody owns up to their shortcomings you know everything's good but after every race i get a wtf moment so that changes on a monthly basis man <laughs> well we'll just uh we'll follow up with you on social media next week after the mint 400 and you can uh tell us who your wtf's for all right dude i i can definitely do that after the mint because there will be one i can promise you <laughs> <laughs> that works that works well jim do us a favor tell all of our listeners where they can follow and find you and your team yeah, it's at Jim Beaver 15 on all social media. If you want to listen to the show, uh, it's Down a Dirty Show. It's on the website. Uh, it's also on you know Apple Podcasts. We are on uh, Sirius XM, channel 211, Dan Patrick Radio, 10 a.m. Pacific on Sunday mornings also. So tune in over there on Sirius. And I guess our listeners will be able to start picking up the Racers and Rental Cars podcast over on the Down and Dirty Network starting next week. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to make it happen, dude, I can make that happen. You let me know. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I, I'm sure our fans are, uh, our executives at voice of Amer voice America will be, uh, quick to cut us off quickly. <laughs> like, like, like quick, like, yeah, that was, that was not authentic. It was not original and you are fired. Uh, uh Jim, sir, thank you so much for taking time out. Finally, uh, to, to get over and, and be on the show. I'm glad we could finally get our schedules to 
collectively work. And uh, it's been great to have you on. I look forward to seeing you uh, probably at PRI again, if not sooner at a racetrack. You have to get east of the Mississippi. I know, you know, you got to be like Cam. You got to come over here east of the Mississippi every now and then. I uh, I will be at uh, I'll be at Indy for uh, the Indy GP um, for sure. Um, I've actually found that's the best weekend in the Indy 500 for getting content because no media company show up. So you can literally get every single driver's interview, show up the next weekend and nobody, uh, <laughs> you can't get anybody's. Um, so I'll be there. I'll be at the, uh, the Coke 600, the Arca race out there. General tire sponsors that. So I'll be, uh, I'll be on the East coast a bit there. And, uh, I don't know after that, I actually got an invite to Lamar here a couple of days ago. Um, uh, and- that's cool. So- I don't know that I'm going to be able to swing it, but man, would that be epic to be able to go there? So, hell yeah. Well, that'll work. Well, sir, thank you again for coming on. We greatly appreciate it. And uh, we'll look forward to uh, crossing over with you at some point. And uh, please let us know if we can ever do anything for you and your team. All right. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah, thanks for having yeah. me. Thanks again. Good luck this weekend. All right. Dude, I really enjoy having other people that are out there grinding in the media and the marketing world, regardless of whatever level it is can always pick up some tidbits little little drops of experience or ideology to to kind of put in your tool bag as you uh we all out here grinding away trying to make that dollar that's right no he's he's got a lot of really good insights and it's it's cool to to bring in more people that uh, aren't just drag racing centric so you know obviously this is a multi-motor sports platform show um so it's cool to bring in more people that uh to get different views than just us little on drag racers so um it's cool and you know he's he's pretty industry connected so that uh, just goes to show you that uh you can make it you just got to continue to grind so got your wheel spinning about that whole i racing thing doesn't it dude yeah i i would probably freaking suck at it because i i'm not i mean i'm computer savvy when it comes to like race pack and like kind of some back-end stuff but um i was never a gamer like that's the like I, the part that I struggle with. Like I never, like I said, I played Tony Hawk Pro Skater, and then I was like, okay, this is lame. I'm gonna go actually skate. You know what I mean? Like I never really did the Nintendo thing. Wow. It's funny. I I tell that to my students. I I always call it Nintendo just to piss them off, and they're like, oh Nintendo, what are you, what are you like? You know, 1970 or something. I'm like, yeah, like I had the original Nintendo, and I think I stopped at PlayStation. That was it. Like I never. So, so you're telling me that my Intellivision and Atari that I had as a kid is Ooh. not getting it done? No. Uh and no. I was a I was a Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis, and PlayStation had guy. none of those. Yeah, and but we, I, like I said, we had it, but we didn't even really play it. But we live, we live in one of the more beautiful places in the world. So we had a lot of opportunity to go outside and that's, I have this conversation with Angie all the time because, you know, she's from Canada and then in the winter it's freaking negative 40 outside and you can't even step foot outside without almost dying. So, I mean, I get why other people in other parts of the world like are super into, into electronics and, and stuff like that. Cause you, you can't go outside. I mean, I was lucky enough to be able to go skateboard or ride my bike or whatever, like after school, but some people don't have that. And I mean, I get it. I mean, I'm not downplaying it. Like I said, hell dude, I'm like over here Googling like a total nerd trying to figure it out. Hell Angie, so, the go-karts are getting sold. We're getting Jetta simulator. That's right. <laughs> Kid, your <laughs> racing career is going to show up next week. Yep. Go-kart, go-karts and dirt bikes are out of here in the garage. It'll be bolting in the simulator here next dude. week. You don't think, do you imagine if you started now with your kid? Just yeah. imagine, just imagine script that yeah. get rid of the freaking go-karts that that's out going on Craigslist yeah. right now. Do they even have yep, Craigslist. Much. Do they have, yeah, is that even a thing anymore? <laughs> well, dude, it was a great week. Great show. I guess I can call it a great week. Cause how cool was it to see Ryan Newman walk out? Yes. Yes. So, Amen to that. That, that one got me like that, that, you know, cause you know, now that I'm a parent and stuff now, like, uh, like it just hits home when I see people and this poor kid, um, obviously you probably weren't watching Supercross, but, um, this French rider that just came over, he's 18 years old, 
he was racing on the GPs, but he got signed in a supercross contract with the Red Bull KTM trailer team. He crashed in practice and broke his neck or his back or whatever. And he's, and he, he's paralyzed and he didn't even make it to his first race. He crashed in practice and he can't feel his legs and it just, and then all of a sudden Ryan Newman the next day or two days later had his, and I'm just like, man, like I, I can't, I can't even these, you know, that poor for, you know, one end of the spectrum, this poor kid, he's 18 years old and all he's probably ever wanted to do was race an American supercross. And he goes there and, and he has an unfortunate mishap and now he can't walk. And then you got Ryan Newman who, you know, has got a couple kids. He's been racing for 20 years and everybody thought he was, wasn't going to make it, you know, that just goes to show you with the modern technologies and stuff like, I'm I'm happy to see that he was able to walk away with just this. Uh, I, I guess he's just had a head injury or whatever, a concussion. I'm assuming, but they didn't really release much. But, um, but yeah, I it's it's heart wrenching. I I like because I was driving to the shop when I heard about Newman's crash. I didn't see it live, and um, like I was getting all like choked up when I was driving because like all these things were like on the radio and like coming through social media and like I was like, man, like his poor daughters and like. Yeah. So it hits home, you know, and he, me being a professional race car driver, it's like, it really hits home, you know, and I got a kid and yeah, I just, yeah, I'm super happy to see that, that that all worked out. Dude. It was like the first thing that popped into my mind was Kenny Kretzky and Bruce Allen. Uh-huh. Yeah. That was the first thing that popped into my mind. That is like, I don't know how many millions of views that YouTube video has. Of their wreck, I think that was at Dallas or maybe it was at Houston, but the pro stock. I mean, that's where that's exactly what I thought of. I mean, Corey Joy drove right through the middle. Um, and then I guess if you wanted to, uh, it could be uh, now his name escapes me, the gentleman that that got killed in Atlanta a couple years ago in Top Sportsman. And now I can't remember his name. That's bad of me. I cannot remember his name. I hate that when I bring something up and I can't remember the name, but then I get my CRS is getting really bad. I say you're not one for names. So, I mean, I'm sure our listeners will understand, but they'll forgive me. They'll forgive me. Well, yeah, dude, great week. It's glad to have you back. back. Yeah. Yeah. Happy to be back. Hopefully I won't have any more hiatuses. Um, yeah, I'll be off for a couple weeks. I got, uh, I'm going to go this weekend. I'm off. I don't have anything going on. I'm going to hang with the family. And uh, next weekend, I'll hit the Hot Rod Reunion, uh, do a little uh, appearance stuff for Impy. Uh, they got a booth there, and, and uh, I'm going to go support my father-in-law. He's racing in a uh, nostalgia funny car, so that'll be cool. And then off to Gainesville. To the Gators. Mm-hmm. Chomp, 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 chomp. Chomp, chomp. All right, dude. Well, get us out of here, and I'll see you next week. All right. Well, uh, once again, we got a big, big thank you to uh, Voice America, uh, Motion Raceworks, and uh, LB Trailers. You guys are uh, keeping us keeping us alive on the podcast, and we greatly appreciate it. And uh, go check them out if you need any uh, sort of badass parts or want to start your own podcast. Hit up Voice America, or you want to buy a trailer. I'm actually going to be in a market for a trailer here pretty quick. So depending on how the tax guy goes tomorrow, so. But uh, yeah, I might be hitting up LB myself. So anyway, I will see you guys next week.